Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast, informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. We're back. We are back. Hello, everybody. Today well, thanks is, uh, for joining polo us. Day. Polo day. We're wearing polos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, we're, we're we're not. I think we're gonna we're gonna do kind of a random one, right, Sean? We're just gonna talk about what's going on. There is a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about what's going on. I think, uh, as you said, we'll we'll they, they tie together. I think some of the themes we're talking about. I mean, we'll we'll talk a little more about inflation because that's what we're dealing with right now, and then some new surveys that have come out on on use of cash which all kind of ties together you know the economy and payments and how they're being used and, and what have you so i do think we're gonna have some common themes for a while just because what's going on right i mean i don't i don't think we can get around that so inflation so we're taping i don't know when you're gonna hear this uh you know but I, what is it it's the 11th may 11th so this morning actually the news went out and one of the things sean that i thought was funny is i was sitting this morning uh, i was on a call call it nine o'clock somewhere around then and i got all these breaking news alerts on my phone and this is what i love about social media and modern media and all four breaking news alerts were different three of them were similar in nature one what the narrative was completely different and so much like i always say when you read the news read the news right pay attention to what it says do a little bit of research and three of the four kind of had the same prowess of that hey while the inflation's still pretty high it seems to eased in April, you know, around 8.3 versus the 8.5. And that still had a high in the last X amount of years. I think it's 40 year high still, but it, it seems to be easing, whatever that means, right? We still don't know what the long-term is. And then one other news publication said that it's, it, it, it's indication that prices may peak. And then another one, the headline was inflation continues to be at a a 40-year high, they leave They leave out the ease. So it's kind of the typical media piece. But we talked about this a couple of times. We're, we're going to send an article out. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? What are you hearing? What does uh, the wizard say about inflation, my friends? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, it is interesting. And, and despite the different headlines that you saw, I think they're all probably, you know, somewhat accurate. Some folks are thinking that, that it has indeed peaked I'm not really sure what the indications are of that other than people kind of thinking like, no, I can't go much higher, but it can. So, (laughs) so I don't know. I mean, it's, it is scary. I know personally going to fill up uh, gas tanks now is a painful experience. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I didn't know that uh, the numbers went that high in terms of how much I'm putting in this, this gas tank right now. But I think sooner or later, and, and you're starting to hear it, I think I saw some other number this morning come out. Um, on the number of like new credit card accounts that were opened in the past several months, as people seem to be the thought anyway was people seem to be turning to credit cards a bit more now to put some some spending on because they have to. You know, it's going to be interesting as we go through this, which is what we said a couple of weeks ago when we we chatted that as the interest rates go up, that's going to really kind of be the the double edged sword here. Really, I mean, it's a it's there's consumers are, are getting squeezed a little bit more now. So they're putting more on credit cards. The credit interest rates are going up. So it's going to be harder to pay those off. 
which I guess, you know, will eventually slow the economy, which is the goal of the higher interest rates to then bring inflation back down. But it's a it's a painful process getting through there. So, you know, I think we'll we'll see how that goes. I think the the side from the the cash side of this is, you know, I think everyone's kind of waiting to see what will happen with cash use through this period. Uh, you know, the the real basic concept would be as inflation goes up, prices go up, which is what the inflation is, it costs more money to buy things, you're going to use more cash. So, and we see that in, in a lot of Latin American economies who have, you know, hyperinflation, you know, that really drives cash growth and printing of cash and use of cash. Some of that will undoubtedly happen here. Granted, we're a far away from hyperinflation. I don't mean to say we're getting to that point. But at the same time, you know, even at 8%, if something costs 8% more, you need 8% more cash to buy it. Um, so that's going to have some effect on the amount of, of currency that's out there. I think the other thing is, you know, we've said for a long time, there hasn't really been any incentive for people that are holding cash, whether it's consumers or banks or armored carriers or retailers, to get that money into the bank to earn interest on it because uh, interest rates were so low. So they've been sitting on it because it was just the cost of moving it and handling it that, that they'd have to pay and wouldn't get any return on it. Well, that is now changing, right? As the Fed is increasing interest rates to, to bring inflation under control, savings accounts, investment accounts, or whatever folks are using uh, will likely have, particularly the savings accounts, will have some higher uh, interest rates on them. Uh, that should incent people to get the cash back into the banking system to get those interest rates. So it'll be interesting to see if some sort of return flow starts um, over the coming months as we see some more data that brings cash in at a higher rate. I don't know. I think everybody's just kind of waiting to see what happens, but there's a lot of dynamics out there that could affect what everybody deals with in terms of cash circulation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one of the, the things that I'm waiting to see is, and there were a couple articles even today about interest rate yield of interest for hold is is going to go up not necessarily everywhere it, it's an interesting that there this isn't like a simple mathematic equation as as the interest rate hires you you can calculate what your interest rate will be on your savings account and or what your credit card interest rates will be it isn't always that simple because some cards do plus prime some cards have you know all sorts of different things and the same with banks i think the uh, article that cnbc Put out that I saw this morning is that some banks you're seeing a higher interest rate already, but it isn't it isn't that direct correlation. And your point about eight percent and the gas is the thing I think as an average person we forget. So it's not that hard, you know, to if your if your gas goes up ten percent and you, you know every gallon that you put in there's ten percent more. Oh, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that. In some states, you're adding 50 cents to a gallon, which means you're adding $5 to 10 gallons. I don't think the math is always that equated that way. I know that COVID, you know, from a building standpoint, people were starting to understand, wow, wood went up 20%. That means that, you know, this project is significantly more. But the everyday kind of purchasing, I don't think it is in, innate with people to understand as a, that $10 fast food meal now becomes $11. You know that hundred dollars becomes one hundred and ten. That thousand becomes eleven hundred. While that seems intuitive math when you're shopping every day, I think people, uh, you know, the gas is where people see it. They see it when they go and they go, wait a second, I've never paid this much for this. I, you know those things, and that 
you know, what you mentioned before is that leads people to use credit cards, which creates that cycle. And in theory, right, will lower, lower it. I am interested and it piqued my interest that today we went from, you know, eight, five to eight, three. What does that mean? The indicators to me, it's still too early. I would be pleasantly surprised if all of a sudden this just stopped, but it would be unrealistic that we're not going to go through the iteration of it. And so spending, you know, I want to talk a little about consumer because we talk about consumer trends and I actually did talk about this uh, a couple of different times in a couple of different places. But if you, when all, when everybody's earnings came out and I, I say, you know, that with a kind of a grain of so a couple of weeks ago when all the earnings came out, a lot of people released earnings the first week of February. Some people did the week prior, but like there was headlines all over that Amazon for the first time, you know, in many years, I think since 2015 missed a quarter, but there was a whole bunch of underlining things there that really, when you peeled it back, weren't talked about it, or you had to really read it. The article, one of them was, it was almost a direct match of Amazon's loss with an investment they made in the electric car company. So that $7 billion loss was exactly what they did in an investment to a company that was not able to deliver, which in turn created this huge loss. The other thing that I actually have been waiting to see, and I know you and I talk about consumer spending because for both of us, it's, we're often trying to educate people on what's happening with cash, not trying to sway the narrative of it's dead or it's alive, it's king of more, no, what are consumers doing with cash? Because that's a good indicator. And what we saw is, uh, so MasterCard puts out a really great, it's actually a really good survey called the MasterCard Spending Pulse Report. And what it what it showed, and this is something that inherently to me was common sense, but you know I, that was my opinion. There was no fact behind it. It was anecdotal that you know, as we wind out of the pandemic, consumers will, continue, will start to spend in stores again. And we talked about this a lot in the podcast, but pre-pandemic, you basically had, and I'm going to round it, about 10% or less of sales were occurring in brick and mortar stores. And obviously when COVID happened, we saw this huge swing and there was this narrative that was created much like the cash is dead and germs and all these things at the same time, but people are never going to go back into the stores. And I kind of scratched my head and said, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that because of COVID, people are never going to return to stores. And so the MasterCard Pulse report, and this is not, you got to take it with a grain of salt, basically said, you know, in 2020, about 15% of sales, 15.7 were occurring online versus in store and already in the fourth quarter of 2021. So keep that in mind, we're, in, we're for the fourth quarter of last year, when we still were kind of in pandemic, it went from, you know, from the previous year to 12.9. So already a almost a 3% swing of people returning back spending in store. When I would argue that in 2021, the fourth quarter, there's still, we weren't nearly as open as we are today. So that I, is indicative of what I assumed would happen. And there were some scholars and some people that were way smaller than me that said, you know, a pandemic is not gonna take a hundred years of behavior and stop. People are not gonna, you know, stop shopping in stores because for a year they didn't, you know, we're humans, we need to interact. And I think we're going to, we're going to start to see some of that and some of that same stuff in the cash world where we're going to see the consumer behaviors swinging back to what our normal, uh, normalcy for, without COVID. I also would continue to say that we're evolving and we know that online sales are going to increase. We know that digital payments are going to increase. Just, we probably wouldn't see that rapid digitization that we did with COVID because Let's face it, in some cases, there was no option, right? If you needed to buy something and the store was closed, you went online to buy it. That isn't the case anymore. And 
you know, the, the MasterCard Spending Pulse report shows that 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 was there. And then there's a lot of really, really smart folks going out there and saying like, look, you know, when you had that around 10%, it went to 15%, huge swing. But in parts of the pandemic, it was 40% online, but the dollar per dollar ratio wasn't there. And then we know from the diary study that, you know, although everybody who, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but the folks that really believe in digital payments would say, look, we told you this was going to happen. No one's going to use cash again. That wasn't actually what the diary study said. What it said was people were holding on to their cash, that they weren't getting rid of it. They were cramming it. We don't know what they were doing with it because you know we couldn't determine that. But we also know that there was a run for cash during the pandemic. And I know you and I talked about that. Like we knew that was going to happen. So I know, I know you got you, you have some info on, on spending or from a cash standpoint or some cash info. I think it'd be great for the audience to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I think, you know, some of the things you, you said there and to think about where the economy is going now uh, further complicates the story because as we said, you know, cash is, it's always been used as a form of budgeting, right? And as economic times get tougher, and we just talked about the gas prices as a prime example, you know, people start kind of resorting to cash. Some, I just said some go to credit cards, so it's a mixed story, but like some are going to credit cards because they have to. Others are saying, you know what, I, I don't want to do that, or I want to try to avoid that as much as possible. And the way to do that, people find it easier to budget using cash, right? Like you, you take out a thousand bucks a week, put it in an envelope, and uh, this is what I have to spend. When it's gone, it's gone. So, and it's, it's a very effective way that people can kind of control their their finances and it's it's easier when you can see it right it's just kind of one of those things where it's it's like trying to teach your your kids uh you know allowances and how much things cost and like well look here here's the it's a lot easier to do that physically than digitally <laughs> in terms of here's how much you have to spend when it's gone that's it there's that which could very well be taking a more prominent role as people struggle with the higher higher prices i think the other thing that kind of favors cash too in the in the coming times is people are looking for ways to spend less now, right? Again, using the gas as an example. And, and that's one of those clear cases where in industries where it's just flat out marked on electronic billboards on the side of the road, right? Like cash price is 20 cents cheaper than a credit card price. And while I think before that, you know, some people obviously paid cash because of that, but it's even, I think it's going to be even more now, right? When you're, when you're talking gas prices as high as they are and you're like oh well i can save 20 cents by just paying cash for this you very well might do that and we might see that trend in other places in the economy too i don't know that it will i mean there always were some others the kind of more side deals you could work out but but it might be be more and more prolific around the economy as people start saying well how can i save you know three percent on this transaction well give me cash and you can we'll see how it goes i mean there's a lot of competing factors that drive it in both directions but but in terms of of some of the more recent data that's come out and this again is it just came out from the federal reserve bank of san francisco for the the diary of consumer payment choice um this data was from the survey that it just came out i just got it yesterday and the survey was conducted back in october of 2021 so again, it, it's a little bit dated based on the current economic conditions. So that's, you know, a big caveat here um, with, with everything. But some of the interesting things, and it goes just to what Tom was saying was, you know, I kind of put the headline as there's been a rebound uh, from when the, you know, cash was at a certain level of, of use, the pandemic depressed that pretty significantly. 
and then it, it's bouncing back. It's not all the way back before to pre-pandemic levels in terms of cash use. And, and as Tom was saying, I, I don't know that it, it will ever come all the way back, but it is coming back up from the, from the low. So um, just a couple of highlights here from it. I'll read this one statement and then give you a couple facts. So basically the headline was in contrast, the share of payments made in cash dropped sharply from 2019 to 2020 which is what we said going into the pandemic, and then increased slightly in 2021. So it was kind of on its way back, implying that cash use hit its lowest point in the first pandemic year. In contrast to cash use, consumers' cash holdings, so the amount they were actually holding, remained elevated in 2021 when compared to 2019 and the prior years, indicating that consumers continue to demand cash in the uncertain environment of the pandemic's second year. So that holding number, the amount that they held remained quite elevated. Um, so some of the actual stats, the average number of cash payments in October 2021 increased from six to seven payments per month. So that's some of that rebound um, and accounted for 20% of all payments. So again, it's, it's kind of that's up from 19% in 2020 and down from 26% in 2019. So again, it's kind of that, you know, holding right around that 20% of all payments are in cash. So that cliff that everybody was thinking was going to happen isn't really there. It's, it's holding in that 20% area and it's up a little bit. The value of cash, meanwhile, held in consumers' pockets or wallets averaged $67 in 2021 compared to 76 in 2020 and 60 in 2019. So again, it's kind of between the 2019 and 2020 numbers. And that's the amount held in the pocket or purse, like ready to make a, they then have a separate stat for store of value basically. And that's the value of cash held in consumers, homes, cars. I'm not sure why you would keep your store of value in a car. I'd highly recommend against that. But in any event, the value of cash held in consumers' homes, cars, or elsewhere called store of value holdings remained elevated $359. So that's how much you're just kind of holding compared to 299 in 2020 and 241 in 2019. So that's a significant increase of that kind of store of just in case I need to use it cash that you've got at home. So, you know, in their kind of summary statement, is basically results show that the pandemic has shifted consumer payments, yet with this shift, a substantial proportion of the population continued to use cash for one in five everyday purchases. And then we look forward to future research to help us understand the long-term impact of COVID-19 pandemic on consumer payment behavior. So again, no surprise there, um, but it, sometimes it's, it's nice when the actual data matches the story you've been saying. And I think this is one of those cases where it, it pretty much makes sense. So that's some data to support maybe what we've been saying for the past year. I think there's a couple of points. The one point is, you know, we on the podcast, we always try to simplify things. And like your example of, you know, the envelope full of money for budgeting. And then also it wasn't an oxymoron. Like what your example, that's a perfect example. If you don't have that thousand dollars to spend in a week, two weeks, whatever it is, depending on what your budget looks like. If it's, if you don't have that cash, if you turn the credit card, which creates the cycle, which drives spending away. If you don't have cash and your interest rates and your cards are really high, then the idea is you're not gonna spend, right? But the flip side of where we're at today is that if you need to go to work and your gas tank literally costs $20 more to fill or $18 more to fill. I think my wife's tank yesterday was $72 to fill and we don't drive big cars. Like, I mean, 
He goes, yeah, she has an SUV, but it's not a monster SUV. It's a mom SUV. And I have a regular little car and my car is $55 to fill. And the difference of $38.55 is real. If you fill it twice a week, it's simple math. At the end of the month, you're spending $320 more in gas. And that's a real number. And for some people, it's, it's impossible you know, to spend $320 in, in cash more. So I think that really does show a lot. And then also to your point, Sean, about the study is you, you made the statement at the beginning, we're not suggesting it'll ever go back to the way it was before, but there's certainly the cash is still realistically what people are, is safe and hold on to. It's tangible for them. Um, and we know this is factual, right? We know that during economic downturns, people get nervous and they hoard their cash. And a lot of times they pull it out of banks, even though that is somewhat irrational sometimes because FDIC is going to protect you and up to $250,000. And usually during a major issue that increases because they don't want people to, to make a, a rash to the bank. And, but we know we have enough data to support that every time there's been a recession, people go hoard their money. They yeah. get it out of the bank because they're afraid or they don't touch it. It becomes, you know, it becomes real important that safety net, that that safety net increases. Um, so I, I think we're going to see some things happen in the next three to six months. I hope, from the global economy standpoint, with everything that's going on with with pan- the pandemic being in, I would guess it's fifth phase of whatever that means at this point, because now we're in this weird kind of quasi like what to do state. I still think that we have a rough couple of months, which could be even a rough couple of years ahead of us. So I think this is a very important time to pay attention to your money, regardless of how much you have. And to your point earlier, like this is the time when hopefully we see what should have happened probably earlier, but the pandemic threw this off is that people will stop spending. You know, this is a, it, it is, and I, I was speaking to someone uh, about this generality of that, there isn't a history book that we can read. We can talk about Paul Walker and, and the 70s and 80s, but there was no pandemic. You, you, Okay, well, we can talk about the late 60s when there was a pandemic and an election at the same time, but there, the war was over at that point. So you have all of these things occurring at once, which creates a storm that we've never really dealt with. So some of the inflation we're seeing is a result of covid is it a result of COVID anymore? Or is the supply chain disruption is the supply chain disruption really always been there and COVID has exasperated it? Because as a manufacturer, you know, the supply chain has been challenging for many years. We've always been able to really manage it. But like the port of in Long Beach has been going on strike for as long as I've been involved. Like every year you have an issue there. So adding COVID exasperated that every year during a certain time of year, containers are sparse. So we are in this new kind of realm of what is going to happen. And then when you add the, the war in the Ukraine, I think it's, you know, in the past, and I'm, I don't mean this, I don't, it's outside of World War II, the other conflicts were not necessarily in regions that were, you know, extremely developed, or they were, you know, even the Middle East, very oil rich, right? But in the Ukraine and Russia, a lot of wheat. A lot of exports, Russia is a huge, was a huge exporter. I don't think with a global, I think the global economy probably knew that. I think the U.S. economy, because we, I don't know that we were as, as in tune to the fact that, you know, 70% of, you know, Germany's petroleum came from Russia. 
80% of the wheat from the world came from that region. And then things like neon gas, which most people don't know about um, because you wouldn't need to know about it, but it's a gas that's used in PC board production. So when you're making any board today, you need this gas and this gas, 85% of it was produced in the Ukraine, which means every single thing with, uh, you know, that little green PCB board in, in, your, um, in, in anything electronic is affected by it. So there are all these things when you add them in that are amplifying what everything, at least I've read, is at sometimes you had two things going on. But we have, I mean, literally, if you really look at it, we have all of the things occurring at once. And then this is where it's very different than in the past. We have 11 and a half million open jobs in the U.S. And this really interesting quasi like, okay, people are spending money. People are paying people more. So, you know, the inflation curve today might be different. We might see that this was an adjustment and that, you know, it might actually stop here. Like that some of that peak, that consumer peak, that comment, and I can't remember which news maybe it was USA Today said this could be the, the price peak. We might be in a position where we were just in a market adjustment because of everything that occurred and the inflation stops, which will stink for a little while, but then everything will adjust. So I don't think our intention was ever to be about inflation and politics, you know, geopolitical politics and economics, but I think it relates perfectly to consumer trends and payments. Yeah, no, it does. And I think my big hesitation on like the whole like things are turning is that and I know we've talked about gas prices a lot, but they're up so much. I mean, it's not 8%, it's like 50%, maybe not 50, like 30, I don't know, a lot, <laughs> like 30% at least um, from where they were a couple months ago. And I don't think we've given that enough time unless those come down. And I don't really see them coming down right now, but I don't think we've priced in yet the effect on all of the end user products um, that are affected by those higher gas prices right from the from the trucking standpoint and transportation standpoint like un unless that gas price turns down i still see the risk of like some pretty big forces holding on to to prices at, at, at least an eight percent inflation rate but again we'll see i mean maybe there's ways to get that to get that gas price down i think we're gonna see it we'll see it this summer with summer travel i think i mean air airlines are starting to build in those those gas price increases and they are massive when it comes to <laughs> to ticket price. So I think that's going to be a, a challenge for a lot of, I know people that have had to, you know, usually go on their, their Florida vacation in the summer or whatever, and ticket prices are like twice what they normally are. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And then driving starts to be questionable, right? <laughs> in terms of, well, I could, I could drive somewhere for 150 bucks before, and now it's going to cost me 500 bucks. To, I mean, it, it's an impact. And I think that's why people notice it most with gas because it's usually such a predictable piece of your budget, right? It's like, oh, I go fill my car up and it costs 30 bucks. And I do that every week and it costs about $30. And now all of a sudden it costs 70. And you're like, what the hell is happening? Whereas everything else is kind of fluctuates, right? It's like, oh, I go to the grocery store. I always buy different things. I don't have a quite as good a sense. It seems a little higher, but I don't have quite a good sense for how much higher it is than in the past where gas is, you do it every week, twice a week, whatever, you know what it costs. And all of a sudden it doesn't. Oh, that's shocking. I think when you talk about travel, one thing that I, you know, because I was traveling in Europe and was looking at a, lot, a couple of weeks ago and looking at some of the things is that there are, again, fuel costs more. When you, you know, when you have to put fuel in a plane, it costs more, it drives the price. Air travels up, people are traveling in because of COVID, so supply and demand. And then you add in international travel or freight 
that you know used to fly over Russia flies around it, which means the flight's longer, flight's heavier. There's so there are all, all of these things that loop together. And then to your point, people are now have to make decisions, which is kind of the, the consumer behavior thing is okay. So this normally I do X, Y, and Z. I budget for X, Y, and Z. It's thirty percent or fifty percent more. And, you know, how do I manage that? And with oil, I'm not an oil guy. So like, this is not an expertise space where I have an expertise. I just, you know, what I read is what I know about it. I know that, you know, in the United States, we can produce enough oil and natural gas, but it costs more here to refine it than other countries. I know that that's a fact, but additionally, when people hear oil, they say, well, the oil companies have these, you know, the highest profits ever, even though the price goes up. Well, that, that's what capitalism is, by the way. You know, that's what this country is built on. It, you know, the companies that do better, do better, right? Like that's the idea. And I have no problem with that. The thing that we forget about gas is that all of the things, it's not just the gas. It's not just the petroleum. It's, we now have to pay truck drivers more. Tolls are more. It's, it, they have to put more gas in their car to get it here. The boat costs more. So it's the, that ecosystem that throughout the chain. So maybe a barrel of oil at its face value. And even when you added those things in, you forget that we're in this, it, this again, this quasi crazy time where it's like, there's not enough truck drivers, there's not enough trucks, there's not enough new vehicles. So it, it is that perfect storm. And I think that's why we're going to keep talking about it. I, I, it, it directly re relates to consumer spending and what they do with cash. The last thing I want to close with, because I know we're about to wrap up here is so uh, interestingly enough, and I know you and I definitely predicted this because we kind of predict most of the things that happen. You know, <laughs> so is that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, we've always said it's volatile, but it's starting to trend with the market. We talked about, I think it was like when one of our earlier phases, like we we're saying like, of course, that's eventually going to happen because as professional investors, as you know, the, there's funds created, there's there, the risk will, and that, that the risk will be different. That's what we're starting to see. We're starting to see Bitcoin specifically and Ethereum, the two bigger cryptos, trending with the market down when the market's down up when the market's up what does that mean that just means that <laughs> people are paying attention to it the same way they're paying to the market someone asked me what my thought was and i said you know i'm not i'm not really the best financial expert but i said i kind of think it's common sense right people that are concerned they're watching all the other conditions it's mimicking why because people are spending less they're shifting all of those things i you know i i obviously follow a stock market and i'll tell you that right now it has not been the most fun in the tech sector, because that's where I usually am. And it stinks because I'm not a, you know, I'm not Warren Buffett, you know, my, my trades actually, you know, are matter at a very granular to me, but the market is volatile. Now, what I would say is I can't wait, you know, I can't wait for things to peak or fall out because that's when you can invest, but it's too volatile right now. And Bitcoin, you and I talked about this. I missed that bandwagon. You know, like we, we both said, like, <laughs> we, we watched it, but, but like the whole thing with Bitcoin is I do have some Bitcoin, but not, not enough. And I, I still think it's ultra volatile. I love the fact that we still see these underdeveloped countries talking about it, but I, I continually go back to, I read a story and I don't remember, it might've been El Salvador, or it was definitely a central or South American country where they were like, talking about how they were doubling down on the country's investment and like they invested another $2 million. And all I would say is when a country is doubling down and investing $2 million, again, doesn't equate to a modern developed country because you will never, ever, I, at least as far as I know, read in the Wall Street Journal that the U.S. government did anything with $2 million. You, you were talking about trillions of dollars in the U.S. government. Usually that's kind of the, the caveat of that. But 
it's in the news and I think it's an interesting pattern. Like I, I actually was kind of shook my head when I was driving yesterday on the radio and they're like, Bitcoin is down to under $34,000. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like I literally remember talking to people about how like this funny money was not a good idea. And if I just took $200 out of my pocket and put it in it years ago, I believe, again, Bitcoin and crypto, there's a part of the equation here. Um, I just am not sure what it is yet. And I think just like when people say cash is dead, I think it's foolish when people say, you know, cryptocurrency is never going to happen. It's not real. Like, no, no, it's happening. It's part of stuff. I mean, as we've said, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you can always use it in the random place to make a purchase, but that's not what it is. I mean, it's it's yeah. really a, an investment, as you say. Treat it as an investment. It'll go up, it'll go down. If you want to ride the risk roller coaster associated with it. There's the key. If have you have the it. appetite for it, go for it. <laughs> if you can afford it and have the appetite for it, go for it. Just be diverse in your portfolio. With that, I mean, I actually, I know I have to run. I know you have to run. Uh, thanks for listening to us. We're on every platform. We say it all the time. Like, subscribe. Our new producer, Chris, has has promised Sean and I that he's going to get more of our video content out so people know it exists. Not that I think people really want to watch us, but we're actually pretty funny usually. Today, we're we're pretty calm. But, um, you know, uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, you know. it's getting warm, so I'm not wearing a hat. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, maybe next week when it's like 90, we'll have a hat on. But it's good to see you as always, brother. Yeah, likewise. likewise. No, just everybody, you know, stay safe, have a good week, and uh, we will chat again uh, with each other and with everyone else soon maybe we'll even be out and about somewhere i don't know we'll figure it out yeah you might see us somewhere <laughs> remember sean and tom that discount code works for just about everything that's right, right. You just walk up to any thanks door everybody. and say it see what happens <laughs> see ya. thanks for listening to the cash news podcast we hope you found this episode insightful don't forget to like and review us on itunes spotify stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.